welcome to the IndyCar conference call. My name is Christine, and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Arnie Shreven. You may begin. Thank you, Christine, and welcome, everyone, to today's IndyCar media conference call. For the last few weeks, we've been highlighting the drivers who are contending for the 2018 Verizon IndyCar Series Championship, and today we're pleased to be joined by Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport. Alexander drives the number 27 Napa Auto Park Honda and won the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500 as a rookie in 2016. He is currently second in the series point standings after a breakout season that has seen him win three races and finish on the podium eight times. Alex, thanks for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. All right. Uh, Alex, uh, as I said, it's been a breakthrough season for you, but from your your perspective, what has 2018 been for you and the number 27 Napa Auto Parts team? It's, it's been great. I mean, it's been a uh, a continuation of, of really the, the second half of 2017 where, you know, I think the, the whole Andretti Autosport organization made a, a pretty big step forward. And... Um, it's it's been a pleasure to kind of be a part of the team and, and watch, you know, the progress that's been made um, since since I came on board in sixteen. So the fact that we've been able to to win three races this year and um, you know run towards the front most most weekends has been kind of just the result of a lot of hard work and a lot of very good people on the team. Uh, this is a you were eligible for the championship going to the finale last year. But uh, you're 29 points behind Scott Dixon for the championship this year. What is your, what has your first real championship fight been like? Um, you know, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, you you mentioned that we were eligible last year, but you know, I don't, we didn't even really consider that as a possibility. Um, so to, to actually be going into this weekend with, um, you know, a goal in mind of, of trying to win the thing outright um, is is been. You know, it's just a privilege. It's a privilege to be mentioned in the same sentence as Scott Dixon and to be able to race against someone of of his caliber week in and week out and um, hopefully get the better of it. Do you have any regrets about uh, the year? I mean, I mean, there's been some opportunities where you've left some points on the table that could have made your job of uh, beating Dixon and winning the championship a little easier at Sonoma. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I think there's definitely always points in the season where you look back on with with um you know that that's a missed opportunity and you chalk it up as that and and you you look forward and and uh you try and and maximize the, the rest of the weekends that you have i mean leaving toronto we had had three pretty pretty rough weekends in a row um with iowa road america and toronto and we knew that you know it was gonna it was gonna take something pretty special to to get ourselves back in the fight so you know, going to Mid Ohio, we just focused on, you know, just doing our jobs on Sundays. I mean, we had always had a fast car, um, but we weren't we weren't executing on Sundays. We were making mistakes, um, just generally up and down throughout the whole team. And um, you can't win a championship that way. So I think everyone really, you know, just just refocused and, and recentered going into Mid Ohio, and um, we've seen the results of that. Finally, next weekend is the IndyCar Grand Prix of Sonoma. It's the closest race to your hometown uh, out at Lake Tahoe. Uh, what kind of race do you expect at Sonoma? And uh, with all the f- friends and family coming, do you, you're not going to feel any extra pressure, are you? 
No, I mean, the past couple of years, I've had close to like, well, probably a bit more than 75 guests um, that have come, and it's, it's, it's an amazing weekend from that standpoint, and um, obviously with it being the, the last time we're racing at Sonoma, we'll, we'll hopefully end on a high, personally, because that track has a lot of uh, personal history for, for me and my family, and um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just going to try and go out there and, and put on a show for everyone and uh, make it a, a pretty awesome season finale. All right. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Christine, let's open up for questions for Alexander Rossi. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, please press star, then one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the pound sign or hash key. If you are using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. So once again, if you have a question, please press star one on your phone now. And we have a question from Mark Cipollone of Auto Racing One. Please go ahead. Sure. Hi, Alex. Uh, congratulations Hi. Uh, on the great season so far, and good luck with uh, the championship fight uh, next weekend. Uh, I have two questions. One is, um, last year the Penske's were pretty dominant at Sonoma, and I, I think you had qualified somewhere about eighth and then had some mechanical issues in the race. Have you guys tested there this year, and how do you like your chances? Uh, we, we have not tested there yet. Um, we'll test on, on Thursday leading into, into the weekend. And, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, Penske's always been strong there, I think. I, I don't think there's been a year where, where, uh, those cars aren't at the front. So, so without a doubt, um, they're the benchmark. But, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing we can do about them. Um, you know, they're, they're always a threat. So, you know, we'll go into it. And I think that we've, we found, quite a bit of performance on road courses uh the second half of this year um really from from road america onwards so hopefully that carries forward to sonoma and we have a productive test on thursday and, and can maximize that time and um you know build a fast race car i mean it's, it's no secret that it's pretty hard to pass around sonoma so we need to make sure that we definitely have a car that, that we can qualify up front with okay if i might follow up with a follow-up um, last weekend at Portland, there was some controversy around what happened to you with the caution flag, and it's it's happened many times in the past with IndyCar, not only with uh, you know caution flags or caution flags, but then they close the pits. And I guess my question is, you ran uh, and were involved a little bit in F1. Do you think IndyCar would be better off with a virtual safety car? Um, system like they use in Formula One so that maybe these cautions wouldn't be such a crapshoot, so to speak? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, I, I really have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know how a virtual safety car would work on an oval, and I think that's really been the biggest concern because um, you don't want to have two different procedures for two different types of tracks, and that's what you got to remember is Formula One has its spec track kind of specifications that it needs, and um, it makes it very plug-and-play for them, whereas IndyCar, it doesn't really work that way um, in, in terms of all of the different types of venues that we go to. So I I don't know, A, if, if that works on ovals, and B, if, if the infrastructure in terms of the timing lines and stuff even make that possible. So I have absolutely no idea. Um, but I don't really know that there was controversy. I mean, I just think that that's part of IndyCar racing, and, you know, we all know the risks. That, that go along with staying out and you know the risks and potential benefits of coming in early. I mean, that's part of what makes IndyCar racing what it is. So, 
I mean, it's, it's not the first time it's happened. Um, I've been on the right side of it before, for sure. So it's just the way it goes. Yeah, I guess I was thinking on the ovals, you probably wouldn't use a virtual safety car. You would just use a regular a pace car, uh, safety car. Right. All right. But I don't, yeah. But that's why you're going to have to use a Thank you. As a reminder, if you have a question, press star 1 on your phone. Our next question is from Mark Robinson of IndyCar. Please go ahead. Morning, Alex. Good to talk with you. Um, just a quick question. Obviously, uh, as a driver, you're, you're always evolving and growing and developing. What do you think, particularly this year, uh, where have you felt you've maybe improved or, or gotten better or developed in, in the most areas? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think that every time you get in a race car, you're learning something new and, um, you know, you're trying to be better and, and you know, learn from, from the people around you and, and your teammates and, and other drivers. So I don't know that there's one area in specific. I mean, I just think you just get better overall and, you know, the more time you have in, in the series with a car and a team and on tracks, um, you know, you just see upticks in performance. Um but really, I think that the big thing for us this year is just going back to to spec aero kits. I mean, it's really, you know, leveled the playing field and, and taken away advantages that the teams and manufacturers had in the past and, and just, you know, given us an opportunity to show, you know, the, the mechanical capabilities of our car and, um, you know, the strength of, of the Honda engine and, and all of that. So, I mean, I think it's it's a lot of factors as to why, you know, we've been competitive in 2018. Um, it, it's not down to, to one thing by any means. Mm-hmm. And, and what about the, the, the resources that, that Andretti Autosport and the continuity that, that you get, you've gotten at Andretti Autosport the past couple of years? Oh, it's, it's massive. I mean, continuity is such a, an underrated and underrated thing. And um, the fact that, you know, I've been able to, to have the same, well, be in the same team, first of all, but have the same, crew and engineering staff for the past couple of years um, has really kind of just allowed us to, to move to that next level of, of communication and, um, you know, being able to work through problems. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's it's pretty easy to, you know, have a good weekend when you show up at a racetrack and you just roll off and you're fast. I mean, that's, uh, I think a lot of guys in the series, you know, can, can win races and be up front when that happens. It's it's the days where you roll off and, and you're P15 or P18 or whatever, and you've got a night um, to, to kind of re, regroup and try and, you know, come up with a solution to your problems. And I think that the guys who have been with their, you know, respective teams and engineers the longest are, are able to do that because, you know, we know how to maximize the most from each other and, and you know, extract the most performance um, to get, you know, the end result that we're all looking for. So we've had to do that a couple of times this year. And, and for sure, you know, being on year two with Jeremy um, has had allowed us to do that. And, um, you know, it just makes me even more excited for, for what our potential is in 2019. Great, great. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. See ya. Thank you. Our next question is from David Malsher of Motorsport.com. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, Alex. Um, I hey, wanted to ask, well, first of all, I wanted to remind you that before the season started, there were some concerns, let's say, 
uh, certainly from you and Ryan, uh, expressed by how much testing time uh, Andretti Autosport was not getting uh, relative to sure. some of the other teams. Um, do you, uh, were you confident that, uh, you know, since you started in 2016 and uh, how what you saw from the team then and how they are now, that uh, Andretti Autosport had that strength uh, in depth to make that uh, leap and, uh, you know, present you with the opportunity to, you know, contend for the lead at the very first race and to remain on that hot streak pretty much throughout the year. Um, in 16, I mean, I don't really know that I knew what was necessary to win at all. Um, so, so I think that's, that's a little vague, but definitely from, you know, the, the beginning, middle, probably the middle of 2017, and I started to see kind of, um, the, the results of the engineering changes that we had made in the off season and, and kind of the, the structure and methodology changes that we had made from 16 to 17, that's, that started to, to have, you know, concrete results on black and white paper. Um, you know, that's when I really started to, to think that, you know, we were going to be able to, to do something pretty great in 2018. And, um, you know, the addition of Eric Bretzman and Jeremy Millis and just the continual work by, by everyone, Andretti, from, from Michael to JF to Rob, um, you know, it's been never, that no one's ever been content, even if we're winning races. It's always we come back on on Monday, and it's like, well, this was not good enough, and this was not good enough, and it's that kind of methodology that you need um, to win races and championships. So, so to answer your question, really, from from the middle of 2017, yeah, I thought, okay, we we can definitely do something, or we're, we're making the steps forward that we needed to. Then the big question was, well. That's great, but, you know, Ganassi and Penske and, and Carpenter and Schmidt, you know, they're getting all these test days going into 2018. That's going to suck. Um, but that was all kind of – Ryan and I were, I think, mutually pretty calm and relieved after we got in the car the first day in Zebrin, and, like, the performance was instantly there. Um, so, yeah, while, you know, there was – a concern about it, I think that we um, were both blown away with the the package that we were able to start with and the baseline that we had and, and that's a huge testament to to the sim department and the engineering department and everyone there um, to be able to take kind of just numbers that they were getting from from Delara and and, and such in terms of what this car is gonna do and then come up with mechanical packages based on that. Um, that's a huge testament to them. Hmm. Okay. Thanks very much, Alex. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Our next question is from Les Kaiser of Speed City Broadcasting. Please go ahead. Good morning, Alex. Hey, congrats on a hey. great season, and I've uh, certainly enjoyed watching you come up through the ranks over the, over the past many years uh, in the various organizations. Certainly, we're all excited about the announcement earlier this week with Circuit of the Americas. I got to say, you're one of the current, one of the very few current IndyCar drivers who have spent time on that course. Uh, looking forward to it. What are the differences, and how does that really stand out of other courses in the Indy season that they will have experience on? Um, 
It's a good question. Probably just the, the size. I mean, you know, IndyCar tracks are, are generally pretty short. You know, most of our lap times are between, you know, 58 seconds and, you know, a minute and 12 seconds aside from Road America. So I think that, you know, code is obviously, I, I, I am going off them using the, the standard layout that we all know, but, um, you know, it's, it's a big track and, and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of segments you got to put together to, to be quick. And, you know, that's kind of, that was the highlight of Coda on the F1 schedule is how they were kind of bringing together three different, um, kind of famous sections of racetrack and putting it into one. So I think that that's, that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, in terms of that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a racetrack, right? So I think that come qualifying, everyone will, you know, have figured it out and, and know what they need to go quick. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to get there. And I think everyone will fall in love with the city of Austin like, like we all did. And, uh, it'll be a great weekend. Fantastic. Do you think there's going to be apprehension about the length of that course? Oh, no, not at all. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the layout. I, it was one of my favorite tracks. Uh, it is one of my favorite tracks I've ever driven for sure. All right. Thanks. Good luck the rest of the season. See you next year. Thank you. Thank you. And once again, if you have a question, press star 1 on your phone. We have another question from Mark Cipollone of Auto Racing 1. Please go ahead. Hi, Alex. Um, you had an opportunity to be a teammate with uh, Fernando Alonso in 2017 at Indy. There's talk that he may come over and run full-time. Um do you think he'll come, he'll have an easy time of it given the diversity of tracks in IndyCar? I mean, you came over from, you know, Europe and then, I, you know, experienced the difference that there is. How do you think Alonzo will, will make out his first year, let's say? Um, I, I mean, I have no idea. So it's, I mean, if you look at, if you look at Robert Wickens, for example, this year, um, you know, talk about diversity of tracks. I think he, he set the bar um, incredibly high for for what a rookie can do, and and um, with with very little experience on these types of tracks. So, you know, I I uh, I think that you know you need to look to him and, and look at the results that he was capable of. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And our next question is from Jerry Bunkowski of NBC Sports. Please go ahead. Good morning, Alex. Um, real quick question here. Are you kind of in a catch-22 situation, the fact that you're from the Sonoma area, you're going to have a lot of family and friends there? Does that add to the pressure, or does that help the pressure? Uh, I don't really think either. Um, you know, it just it, it, it makes my weekend busier because there's a lot more kind of meet and greets and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't. You don't really realize, I mean, who's there or, or what's there as soon as you get to pit lane and, um, you know, you put your helmet on. I mean, I think the only place where that really has an effect on you is Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm, I'm really happy that, that there will be, you know, friends and family and, and such there. And, uh, hopefully, you know, it's a good enough weekend that we can all have a, a big celebration Sunday night. Now, given that that's your, uh, essentially your home track, where does Sonoma rank on your list of personal favorite tracks? Uh, well, not in the top 
five, so I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where to to go from there. Um, I mean, it's 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 a great track from the standpoint of it's it's in a beautiful part of California, and it's um, it's very challenging to drive. You know, it's it's probably the track that's most affected by weather conditions, um, just because it's kind of exposed there on on the hill. So, yeah. you know, from from where you are, kind of the the pace and the performance that you have in the morning. Um, to where you are in the afternoon is drastically different. So, I mean, it, it definitely keeps you on your toes. But, um, no, I, I wouldn't consider it a favorite of mine. Okay. All right, thanks very much. Questions. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure. No Thank you very much. Good luck next weekend, too. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question is from Philip B. Wilson of IndyCar. Please go ahead. Morning, Alex. Hi. Uh, you spoke to Portland about changing the perception of yourself, or at least you think that the perception changed about you this year. Why was that important to you? Um, well, I don't, I don't know that it changed this year. I think it was more last year, and, and um, you know, with with all of the the work that we did um, from May of sixteen all the way leading into May of seventeen, and I think that. You know, that was a pretty great opportunity for me to, you know, uh, get myself out there and, and kind of introduce people to, to who I was. Cause obviously I, I came into the series, um, without, you know, having come up through the U.S. ranks. So I was an unknown to a lot of people. Um, but I don't know that anything has particularly changed this year other than the fact that Connor and I went on the amazing race in the winter. So even more people knew about who we were. Um, so, yeah, I, I I would say the perception more changed kind of in the middle of last year than, than anything changing in 2018. You did say you've noticed more fans wearing your stuff. and Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just a result of winning races, I think. I mean, I don't, regardless of who you are, I think it's that, you know, people, you know, are uh, – if you're on TV more because you're winning races and, um, you know, you have onboard cameras and stuff and, and people are going to be able to become a fan of yours and hopefully go out and buy your stuff. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. And we have Mark Cipollone from Auto Racing One. Please go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, one more question, Alex. Um, so the real battle on Sunday or next next Sunday is going to be, of course, with Scott Dixon for the title. Um Mm-hmm. How do you think you're going to run that race? I mean, you have to finish one or more spots, probably two or more spots ahead of Dixon in order to win, depending on whether you win or whether you finish third and he finishes fifth or sixth. So are you are you going to be running your race, do you think, based on what your team is telling you as to how, as to how he's doing? Or do you just think it's just going to be an all-out 100% from start to finish and whatever happens, happens? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't, you don't change your approach. I mean, I'm going to win and I'm going to try and beat people and, um, do exactly what we've been doing all year. And, um, that's our only responsibility. So if we win, then, you know, we've done our job right. And if it doesn't happen, then that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we just have to go into the weekend and do all that we can do to, to maximize ourselves and our potential. And, you know, we've had a car. In contention to win a race, probably ninety percent of this year. So um, there's there's no reason to change that now. Okay, thank you. No problem. 
Thank you. Our next question is from Jeff Capone of Inside Track. Please go ahead. Hi, Alex. Uh, I, I just want to, I, I know it's kind of tough to, to look at something that's not finished yet, but I mean, looking back at 2018 so far, whether or not what happens next weekend, and you talked about the growth of sort of Andretti and yourself. Can, can you talk about the growth of the series itself? I mean, from when you started to this year, do you see differences? Do you see it getting better? Do you see the competition better? Where do you think it is considering this season? Oh man, I mean, it's it blows my mind that that it just continues to to go upwards, and um, you know, I think a an indication of that was Portland. I mean, the, there was a lot of, of of negative speculation and a lot of um, you know concerns and and it being Labor Day weekend and all of this, and it was it was a massive event, and people that weren't just going because they wanted to go, it was people that were going because they knew. They knew the drivers and they knew what was going on and um, to be able to introduce new races to the calendar next year. I mean, it, it's just, it's going from strength to strength. You look at how many cars were in Portland, you look at how many cars were in Sonoma or are going to be in Sonoma. Um, there's just no negative. So I, I'm, it's been very cool to, to kind of see, you know, the, the progression and, you know, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon and it's, uh, been a, a privilege to be a part of. And, and just to follow up, you, you talked about sort of the decision to go to the Universal Air Kit this year. Can you talk about that part of, of the series and the decision sort of going forward with the new the new engine package that they're going and, and where it's going in relation to how big a challenge is it as a driver to, you know, you're going into the final race looking to win the championship. I mean, I mean how does that all kind of combine to make it difficult to win? Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's going to be difficult regardless. I mean, if you look at the past four years, five years, I don't, I don't know. The past couple of years, I mean, it's, it's definitely come down to the last race, and um, really, it's come down to the last race regardless of double points or not. And I think that that's just a testament to to how challenging it is to win. I mean, you look at how many different race winners there's been this year. I mean, even last year, um, it, it just, it's very, very hard to be good every weekend in the Verizon IndyCar Series. So to win a championship, um, you know, it takes a lot. And that, that really is regardless of, you know, manufacturers or aero kits or whatever. I mean, obviously, you're taking one of the variables out by making a spec, making it a spec aero kit and, and you're leveling the playing field, um, in a way. And you're allowing your, your team and your engine, um, to, to do most of the talking. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think it's really what the tracks, it's, it's the diversity of tracks and, and the challenge of the schedule. Um, and just the, the overall level and caliber of drivers, um, that's what makes it so challenging. It's, it's really not any of the rules or regulations. It's just the, the people that are in it and, um, how good everyone is. And just one more, do you, do you see that continuing through 2019 with the new tracks and then with the new engine package coming on, do you, do you see an end to, to the, the competition? Um, no, not at all. I mean, obviously, when when a new engine comes, there, there'll, there'll be, you know, some separation at the beginning just because, you know, it's a, it's a new spec. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I think that's 
it's all good things. I mean, hopefully, you know, we can have a third manufacturer and it can run more cars and it, it all finds a way of, of leveling itself out at some point. And I think that, you know, IndyCar from a competition standpoint does a very good job of, you know, keeping it open enough in terms of the regulations to, to allow teams to have, you know, engineering creativity, but at the same time having a rule book that, that has 16 cars within half a second of Portland last weekend. I mean, that's just, you can't, you can't find that in any other championship on the planet. And I think that, you know, that's also down to, to how IndyCar regulates, um, what, what we as teams are allowed to do. And, um, that they should get some credit for that. Thank you. We have no further questions at this time. And seeing as we have no further questions, we will wrap up today's IndyCar media conference call. This conference call will be available on a digital tape replay approximately one hour following the conclusion of the call. To access the system, participants need to dial 888-843-7419 or 630-652-3042 and enter the passcode 444-16562 followed by the pound sign. A transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. You may have to register for access to access the replay or transcript, or you can write a Shreben at IndyCar.com, and I will add you to the list. Uh, thank you for joining everyone today. Thank you, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.